Benno here, your hostess with the mostest for the Realist Real Estate Show. I love alliteration or whatever that's called. I'm <laughs> just using a lot of words. Uh, welcome to another episode. I'm so happy to have you join me and make sure you guys stay tuned through the whole episode this week because my guest and I play a really fun version of Ellen DeGeneres' Heads Up. We're calling it Real Estate Heads Up, so you definitely want to check that out. And really, before we get started, I just wanted to check in with you all. How are you guys feeling? I know it's day, who even knows what, of quarantine 2020. And um, I know for me, I have my good days, I have my bad days, but please comment below and let me know how you guys are all feeling, how you're doing, and how you're handling all of this. Okay, so now please let me introduce you to my next guest. Her name is Kelly Foreman from Long Beach, New York. Here she is. Joining me today is real estate agent Kelly Foreman. She actually refers to herself as a real estate advisor, and I'll have her explain that to you in a minute. Kelly spent her career, like many others in the real estate business who have turned to the real estate business, in different areas of banking, whether it was client services or client experiences, production management, program management. Um, but it was when she was heading up Capital One's commercial service strategy that she decided to pivot to real estate. She's for two years been with Daniel Gale Sotheby's and she spearheaded the launch of the new South Shore Coastal Division since she started in real estate, became a Gold Circle of Excellence nominee in her first full year, which if you don't know what that is, it means you um, it's the highest level you could reach within their company, meaning you sold over $12 million worth of homes worth of homes, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's pretty amazing for the first time around. And she received the Herald Rising Star Award for Community Involvement and Innovation. Everyone, welcome Kelly to the show. Hey, Kel. Hi, how are you? I'm great, how are you? Good, good to be here. I'm, I'm loving this format, this is awesome. Oh, good, I'm very glad. I know you do a lot with social media now, especially in quarantine, and we have so much to talk about with you. Um, but you've also been staying super busy in a time where a lot of agents have kind of just um, gone away right now or keeping a low profile, keeping, you know, um, up to date with what's going on, if there's any movement as far as people putting their houses on the market, but it, they're finding it kind of hard to show buyers houses unless there was already a virtual tour in place or things like that. So how are you making this time work for you? Well, real estate, the cycle is kind of long, right? So um, what I found is that I had a bunch of things going into contract. So I was able to work with attorneys that were very forward thinking in terms of their digital practices. So we got about three things in contract since we've been on lockdown that wow. were already sort of on their way to contract. Um, I closed on three properties. So those same attorneys and title companies were able to make that work with everything being virtual as well. Um, I put a new house on the market, uh, which we knew about. So we were able to plan it and do everything virtually. And we have the owners that are actually on standby to do a virtual walkthrough with the clients if we need to, which is great. Having cooperative sellers is awesome because we exactly. can't be there ourselves. Um, and then I had a couple and of people technologically who, savvy ones. Sorry, I have to yeah, say exactly. because not everyone is, you know, if it's an well, older just getting couple. comfortable. Yeah, exactly. And I think honestly, once people do it the one time, the second time, it gets so much more comfortable. I just had a, um, the other bucket of people is people that saw things before quarantine and weren't sure if they wanted to make a move. And then now they're actually putting offers in and they felt comfortable because they saw it. The biggest question is, can I see it before I sign the contract? The right. answer is no. Um, and then how comfortable they feel about that. So that's been really interesting. The most fun thing though, was a couple of days ago, we had a Zoom call and then the seller and the, the buyer, my, I was representing the buyer and he was really interested. 
knew we couldn't go and see it in person, uh, but said, is there a floor plan? Is there a virtual tour? And the seller, uh, the seller didn't have either of those, but he hand sketched a floor plan with dimensions, with his own freehand, uh, and then did a virtual walkthrough of the house. It was, you know, multiple floors. He did one video per floor. Uh, and the buyer was like, okay, I'm, I think I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to put an offer in. So um, it's definitely been slower. It's definitely been more challenging. But I think if you think about like, what do people want when they're buying a house? Like, what is the most important thing for them? Um, and if you can satisfy that need, then it's okay. And I kind of call it flipping the funnel, right? Like, so when we normally sell real estate, you go to a bunch of open houses or you see a bunch of buyers in your open house, and then you trickle down to offers and then you know, are they financially viable and all that kind of stuff? Well, in this market, it's just flipping that funnel. So we're actually going to do that step probably at the end, right? Where, you know, the buyer is financially viable and they're in the same price range in terms of what they're comfortable with. And, you know, they, they understand the market. They understand whether it's in a flood zone. They understand what school district it's in. So they're understanding all of those things up front. And then the house becomes the last step. Uh, and, and I kind of think in general, this is going to help real estate agents or advisors be more efficient because oftentimes we're going out there and we're, you know, we're showing people properties and we're spending hours doing that, but there's not really a viable deal to be had. So how much more efficient can it be for everybody if we can take out all those steps and then sort of when we know there's a viable deal to be had, we can actually get together and do that. So I think it's going to create some efficiencies for everybody going forward. That is super interesting point. Um, I hope you're correct. <laughs> I really, really <laughs> hope you are. Because, you know, even personally, I'm dealing with certain people or I have a specific couple who they're first time buyers. And I think for them, that may be not the case. That may not change for first time buyers, the you know point you just made. But in general, when people are familiar with the process, I really hope that that is true, and it does become streamlined, like you said. Um, two things based off what you just said. Number one, let's talk about how you refer to yourself as an advisor. Yeah, so look, nobody wants to be sold, right? So our official title, of course, is real estate salesperson. It's on our license, and legally we have to share that's who we are. Um, but nobody, I don't feel like I'm selling anybody. I don't feel, because there's a connotation, whether it's accurate or not, that that I'm giving you something and pushing something on you. And in reality, we're partnering, right? So you have a need, you have a goal. And real estate is a part of that. Usually it's a part of a bigger financial goal or a bigger dream, right? So whether you want to buy a house, whether you want to get an investment property, whether you want to you know, get something for your children, whether you want to downsize, whether you want a second home, or in my case, I got my second home first. Like there's lots of different sort of stories and how people are using real estate to fit into their life. And a lot of the time it's about, you know, what their long-term savings goals are and how they want to just live a more fulfilled life. And so as corny as that might sound, I feel like an advisor. I feel like we're consulting. I feel like I'm providing, you know, a service um, and having had a background in client service at a financial institution, having had an educational background in, you know, psychology, it helps me understand like this is all about people and what people want and, and how real estate can actually help them achieve a goal. So, you know, if somebody says to me, hey, I want to buy a house or sell a house, that's sort of like the outcome. I, I always want to understand and peel back the why. And, and once we can get to the why, I can then look at other options. You know, so many times people say, oh, my God, the buyer said they wanted this, but then they bought that. Well, to me, 
that's because, you know, underneath there's the same need that's met. It just showed up in different ways. And we have to kind of go deeper to understand what the ultimate need is that they have. Or as I would say, that's called human behavior. We think we want one thing, but really, you know, it's yeah. like you said, a need versus a want also when people don't realize it. A great example of that for myself. I thought I wanted a Durango when it was, you know, <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> When I was getting my first car, I wanted like a big truck SUV type, like, you know, just, I wanted to be above everyone. I wanted a CD player and all this stuff. They're talking the nineties here. And, uh, I wound up with a little 240 SX Nissan two door. So speaking of the fact that you look at things in these terms, and I love that you have a coined term for every area and aspect of real estate. It's so fun and you keep it so light and so real, but you do come from, so you as a project, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, um, in the bank I worked, I worked at Capital One and for the last, you know, several years and, um, I ran large programs. So whether we had to integrate two banking systems or we had to convert an accounting system or implement a brand new CRM, um, it was all about, you know, very intensive project management. So, you know, we had milestones to manage. We had budget constraints. We had external factors like the regulatory requirements that we had to abide by. You know, banking is obviously highly regulated. And so my job was to define it, track it, make sure we understand all the pieces and all the related pieces. And so that sort of blueprint has been an incredible asset there's nothing different than buying a house or selling a house. You know, it is a project because there's a clearly defined starting and ending. There's a clear goal. There's a clear budget. There's clear requirements. And so what I can bring to my uh, buyers and sellers is just, I literally, I set it up like a project plan. So we, I try yeah. to understand their best, their best form of communication, whether they want to have text messages or calls, you know, so we kind of meet each, match, each, match each other's style um, sometimes I have a setup where, Hey, every Tuesday we get together and we chat for 20 minutes and we talk about what's been going on, how the house is moving, what the interest has been, what the feedback has been, things like that. Um, other people just want to kind of chat on the cup. So you kind of work together. And what I found all that people want is their, their expectations met and transparency in the process. Right. I think for me, the biggest benefit though, is so many things are interrelated, right? So you know, there's things that either have to happen at the same time or there's things that have to happen in sequential order. And so sometimes, you know, people don't realize, for example, that, you know, you can't get your insurance policy until you have, you know, your mortgage in place or moreover, you can't get your full commitment until you have insurance in place. Right. So, you know, you have to know sort of when to start shopping for insurance so that you don't hold up your mortgage commitment. Right. And then you can't submit your application for the co-op until you have all those things in place. And so I think it's very confusing. And so what I try to do is create a roadmap and try to educate people about here's the things that are on the critical path because it affects everything else. And then here's the stuff where you have a little bit more flexibility because you're still waiting on this other stuff. And so it just try to help things move along. And as long as people know that, hey, you're holding up this entire process, right? <laughs> like, so you, you're telling me you want to close in two months, but you haven't submitted your documentation for underwriting. That's on you. And so right. when you create that incentive for people, it kind of creates a lot less complication in the process. That's really great. Um, I think that's a good... Uh, just acknowledgement of the fact that sometimes I, I, I believe sometimes 
certain clients and customers think that it's up to us to do everything. And it's not. I mean, you have to take a lot of ownership on yourself and, and decisions that you make. And we can't make those decisions for you. We can inform you of them, like you said. But, uh, you know, you really have to do your research in your own backyard and see kind of what you want. And we can meet you halfway and help you with that as well. So do you kind of agree with that? I completely agree. I mean, I just had a conversation this morning with somebody where they were trying to figure out if the price was was acceptable to them, right? And so and she asked you. Very, <laughs> yeah, of course. And that was a very personal decision, right? right. Uh, so what I what I what I did instead was say, well, what's important to you in that decision? Like, what are you trying to solve for, right? Like, what's the so what of this price thing? And so you know, I shared the information in terms of you know pricing, so they can at least be informed to say, okay, here's Here's the here's what's sold in this price range, so you understand the value of what you're buying. Um, here's what the experts are saying in terms of the market in the, in the next three to six months. But with a huge caveat is nobody really knows, right? right. We're all right. speculating. Um, and and so yeah, I kind of laid out the sort of information and gave the insights and said like, depending on what you're solving for, here's the sort of your set of options. And at the end of the day, you know, you know, you'll solve for that, whichever is the most important to you. And right. you can, all you can do is make a decision based on the best information you have at the time. And, and I always tell people, you don't have to actually make a decision, but by not making a decision, it's making a decision. So <laughs> right. in, inactivity is in essence also a decision. So. True. Very true. Um, at your background in psychology, 100% comes into play here because you are, you're psychologically, these are psychological decisions where people have to, there's a lot of thinking going on. And anytime you have to help somebody with something like that, just your approach to it is really great. So I admire that a lot. Oh, Absolutely. Um, so let's pivot and go to what you have going on. In addition to all those things I named in your intro, you have a really fun new initiative that you've actually put into place right before quarantine and you redefined it now for quarantine. It's called craft your closing. If you guys have ever heard anything like a tubware party or we used to do, uh, my mom used to have pampered chef. I love that. Mm. All the fun tools you can use for the kitchen that I never used because I was a kid. <laughs> now I'm like, where's that apple core slicer divider? <laughs> You're like, I have to do this by hand? I like, ah. right? I need those three tools in one. So you have something like that. It's called Craft Your Closing. Tell us more about it. Yeah. So back to what I said earlier about being a, an advisor, not a salesperson is we're finding that a lot of the younger buyers right now that are coming into the market, you know, they're, they, they want to have a relationship with you. They want to trust you and they want to learn in a more community oriented way. And so craft your closing in essence, marries craft beer and game nights. And so we will actually, it's like a pop-up party. So we'll actually come to your house, like a Tupperware party. You bring all your friends that you think are sort of in the market. And when I say in the market, by the way, that's like within a two year window. Like if you're looking to buy a house in the next six months, like, you know, kind of like Jerry Seinfeld says that like, if you, you know, if you drink water when you're thirsty, you know, it, it's almost too late, you know, like, you know, you, you need to water, you need to drink way before that, because if you're already thirsty, like it's too late. Um, I kind of feel the same way about buying a house. Like it, two years before you really think you're viably going to buy is really when you want to start thinking about it. So we're really very early on. And what's funny is a lot of agents will say, well, that's too far. You know, I really would rather work with people that are close. Um, I think our philosophy is more the pre-buyer philosophy. Like we want to build relationships and nurture people 
as they're heading into the process to just make it easier and kind of build like a longer term relationship and a longer term funnel. So essentially we can have this party and we just have a game night. We have a bunch of different ways to educate people. We've partnered with a bunch of breweries and we do a tasting as well. And we're thinking of branching off into other areas. Like some people are into, I have a friend that does um, tower card readings and she's like, well, maybe we have a tower card night and combine it. So it's kind of all about like having an, an, a different way and a more lifestyle driven way to learn about something that can sometimes feel very dry and overwhelming. Um, but we can't do that right now, obviously. So <laughs> no gathering, no social gathering. Exactly. Exactly. So we're not doing that. So instead um, we started doing a couple things. So first we, um, we do micro brews, we call them. And so they're little tidbits of facts, right? So as people are kind of thinking about it, you don't realize how much people don't realize about right. things and you take it for granted. And, and there's a lot of vernacular and verbiage and people just go, Ugh, like, Ugh, you know, they shy away from it. So we kind of provide yeah. these like fun and quirky little facts on a daily basis through our social media network. Um, three days a week, we go live and we bring on guests. So a guest could be more business related where we bring on a financial advisor, we bring on a lawyer, a mortgage uh, planner and have them sort of share tidbits and answer questions. Um, sometimes we actually bring on a brewery. Like one time we brought in Hopscotch Bottle Shop in Deer Park and they did, we whipped out things that were in our fridge and said, okay, what pairs well with this? And we put them on the spot and they kind of paired all these different beers with it. It was really cool. Um, so, you know, we kind of just doing things like that and um, trying to get people comfortable that, you know, now is the time that they have, they, they have time at home. If, you know, if they're in that situation where they're fortunate enough to work at home, they have a little bit more downtime in the evenings or off work hours. They might be saving a little bit of money because they're not necessarily going out, you know, as, as much obviously. So when they're doing these things, um, this could be a great time for them to really kind of hone in and, and learn more. So, um, the most fun thing we're doing though, by far has been a give back. So I don't know about you. I'm sure, you know, like many of us, you always want to think, what can I be doing? Like the best I'm doing is staying home and that's great, but it just doesn't feel like enough. And so we started this thing called beer and bolt. So I'm going to date myself now, since you already did with your, your car situation. Um, and by the way, my my first car I wanted was an Amigo. So talk about dating yourself. I don't even know if you know what that is. No, I've never heard of that in my life. Fortunately, I ended up getting a Mustang. So all is good in the world. Nice. I'm, telling, uh, I'm super jealous <laughs> of that. I love it was very fun. Mustangs. That's yeah, why I'm like the 40 SX Nissan was like my yeah. version of Mustang. One day. I'm like a muscle car kid. Same. It's funny. Um, <laughs> so um, where was I? So, oh, beer and bone. So to date myself, so some some of the kids call it ring and run. Some of the kids call it ding dong ditch. One of those, whatever you did right. in your time. Um, is what we're doing. We're essentially, we get nominations for frontline workers. So uh, Wednesdays, we do a giveaway. We pick three winners of nominations on Instagram for hospital workers. Thursday, we do first responders. And Friday, we do all the unsung heroes. So we're talking about grocery stores. We're talking about, you know, uh, police. I'm No, that's, sorry, that's first responders. We're talking about grocery. We're talking about postal. We're talking about, um, you know, anybody that is out there helping us be clean, be fed, be taken care of. Uh, they're putting their risk, themselves at risk too. So we have those three. We basically get nine nominations. We pick it randomly on Friday night. And then we literally reach out to the people that nominated. And just yesterday we had a drop. We dropped all of our beers. So by partnering with one of the breweries, uh, we get sponsors. So we had a private sponsor, Anthony uh, Nazalillo. He's one of our attorney friends. He sponsored a drop. Bright Eye sponsored a drop. Hopscotch sponsored Long Beach Brewery. So we're kind of getting a bunch of sponsors 
uh, that basically want to be a part of this. So we go, we literally ring the bell, we drop the beer, we have a note and a card and all that. And yesterday we actually also got a big box of pretzels because what's better than like a beer with like a big box of pretzels with all these different dipping sauces. I mean, it was great. So we dropped this all off and then we ring the bell and then we run and we try not to get caught, but we got caught. My partner's name is Inez. She got caught a couple of times. We're like, Hey, and uh, she's like, ah, you know, you got me. Uh, But it's really fun. And then they sort of like, you know, share their friends. And so um, it's just our little way of giving back because, you know, um, when you finish a shift and you're exhausted to come home and have, you know, a frosty cold one and some pretzels to dip some sauce in or some cheese. Um, I couldn't think of, you know, I think that's helpful. So um, if, if anybody out there is watching this and we're still doing these, uh, we're looking for sponsors and we're also looking for nominees. And you can find out more at our, at our uh, handle on, on Instagram, Craft Your Closing. And it's, it's at Craft Your Closing. Yep, at Craft Your okay. Closing, yeah. Um, that will also be below this video in case anybody forgets. Um, this is the epitome of why you won your community award, for sure. <laughs> and this is such a good example of just you being a people person and how people come first. And that's why you do so well, because it's a great initiative. It's so out of the box. And I'm really glad that you explained that you do have sponsors, because for someone hearing this, I'm going, is she affording this on her own during this time? Like that, it's that, cause that's hard. And I think that that's what stumps a lot of people, especially a lot of people, I, I'm, I will say it myself, I'm not an organized person like that, you know, or it's a matter of having these connections to people and just giving some calls around. That's really, really amazing. So kudos for that um, amazing initiative. I hope you guys do go check that out, craft your closing. So, uh, I'm just like, I'm loving all this information that you're giving us right now. (laughs) And I, because you have such good stories and you are a good storyteller, uh, I asked all my guests to tell me some of your experiences that you've had in the past with real estate, anything that really sticks out in your mind, good or bad. Uh, I know you have a few stories to share with us or at least a couple. So look, every realtor will have something to tell you that's insane. If you've been in the business for a month, or 50 years, like there's some crazy thing that has happened. Um, I have two that stick out that I think just that make me laugh. Um, the first, <laughs> the first one is um, I was doing a showing and, and um, the place was supposed to be vacant. So I picked up the key and I walk in, it's, it's in a building and I go to do the showing. And what's normal when you do a showing is you open doors, right? You open doors, you open the kitchen, you know, you open the fridge, like you sort of like check it out, and on right? Lights. Yeah. yeah. You're like in it. You don't just kind of look around. And so I was sort of doing my Vanna white for like the master closet, you know, it was a big one, you know, and I'm like, and here's the closet. And <laughs> the look on the buyer's face was a shock. And I look back there was a person inside the closet and it wasn't even a walk-in. It was not a walk-in closet. It was an old like pre-war type building. So obviously closets were like super small back then. So lean in closet. And so to fit in the closet, she actually was folded like a V, like her legs were up in the air uh, and her body was here and she was literally like this. And so I said, oh my gosh, what are you doing here? She's like, I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to be here. And it was so last minute and I just choked. (laughs) Wait, it was the owner? No, it was somebody that was renting from the owner. And she was told to leave. But she obviously, like, didn't and didn't know what to do. And she panicked, so she just jumped in the car. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you do in that situation? Like, I was like, 
get up. Like, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, you're fine. Like, you can stay. It's, it's okay. <laughs> she was mortified. Everybody was uncomfortable. <laughs> they didn't buy the house. I don't think it was because of that. But I, I was going to say, is it safe to say that they didn't go with that house? But yeah, it didn't feel good. But uh, we oh, were crying. I, 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 no one I've talked to has ever actually had that happen to them. Um, my <laughs> second I have to say is more common and this is going to sound silly uh, because even coming from the bank this is this happened a lot too believe it or not um where people think buying a house in cash actually means like a bundle of cash you know like either a publisher's clearinghouse check or like right. a big old sack you know like in All a bag over, you come through with that cash yeah and believe me, you know, I'm not saying that those things, crazy things don't happen all over the world. Cash right. is still king. I know this. However, when you buy a cash offer on a house, just so you guys know, the cash actually comes from the bank. It's just not financed. It's just in an account somewhere. And so um, I had somebody literally, you know, say, I, you know, I have, I want to make a cash offer and I want to give you this cash, you know, and will they, will they accept this cash offer? And, and they expected me to, you know, take this bundle of, of cash that they had. And, and I said, I'm sorry, I don't think that's gonna, that's gonna fly. <laughs> so, um, and they were like, but why it's cash, you know? And, and they were serious. I mean, they were just like, I don't know what the problem is. Uh, and so of course we said, I'm sorry, it's just not the way that it works. But, um, but, but yeah, you and lined I'm all the dollars up and you took a picture <laughs> and you were like, here you go. This shows that they, they're cleared. Right, exactly. Right. It's proof of payment. Right. Proof I was the one visiting, like, what is that? DuckTales? Remember when they used to like dive into the money? There's McDuck, right. yes. <laughs> so I was kind of envisioning that that would be like our way of verifying oh, funds. That's amazing. Right? Um, but yeah, and I'm sure I'll have more stories as we go on, but you know those are two uh, very good ones. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad. That's why I asked those questions because, you know, you never know whether it's a really good heartfelt story or it tends to be that more, <laughs> more, more real estate salespeople have these crazy out of the box stories that are just like, you could never imagine, but that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it interesting. And oh yeah. my gosh, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I mean, I do have, I do have heartfelt stories too. I, pro I probably said something about me that I chose to share the more no. unusual stories. No. Everyone does. <laughs> But, and I'm like yeah. laughing so hard inside my cheeks are hurting and I'm trying to not like mess up your audio as I'm laughing, but oh, that's hysterical. Yeah. Um, well, do you, I mean, do you want to share a heartfelt story? Um, I think, yeah, I, sure. I could do that. I mean, there's, there's so, there's so many, there's so many heartfelt great. stories. And that's what, that's what's to be said then about this, that the rare ones are the funny ones that's and that's exactly why they right. That's exactly right. Most of the time they are, they are heartwarming and they're, they're wonderful. Um, I actually, you know, had a situation which is completely unusual, um, where, um, I represented the seller. I listed the property and, um, they had, you know, it's a gorgeous house, but any house can have, you know, offers come and go. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't indicate that the house has anything wrong with it. Um, but they were very much wanting to, to, um, have a great deal, obviously, meaning like, you know, you know, have a good price and the good terms. Um, and the buyers actually, um, had the same situation. So they had lost a property, um, before they were moving the contract and at the last minute, the seller said, sorry, I got something better. You have to come up $30,000. And they said, whoa. And so 
there had been on both sides sort of like challenging situations. Uh, and I think that's what happens when deals fall through. It's people, people tend to um, dig their heels in because of a bad experience they had in the past. And they're like, well, I'm not going to let that happen again. And no one's going to get me. And it really takes people being vulnerable and kind of assuming positive intent. So it turns out the buyer, the buyers and sellers, um, you know, wanted to connect um, before they bought the property. And the, the buyers wanted to say, listen, you know, we, um, we love your home. Um, and we, we want to, you know, we want to, uh, you know, show you that. So it was actually both of their birthdays, both the buyer and the wow. seller. They didn't know it, but they had the same exact birthday. Um, and the, the buyers actually dropped off a gift and a bottle of wine and everything to the house before. And the sellers actually, so, so they did all this stuff before just to say like, we're super serious about the house. We love the house. Like they didn't play the game. They were like, we just love the house. And mm -hmm. we just, we want you to know that and we'll take good care of it. Well, PS, we go into contract. They're at the house sharing wine together, sharing Aww. information. We do the walkthrough. There's a music player. They're all dancing to the music because they're testing out the sound system. And then after the closing, when the sellers actually left the house, they had given, she was pregnant and they had given her a, a huge baby gift, like a huge oh. basket of toys and gifts and things. And, and, and like, they still keep in touch. And it was just like amazing that, you know, it is a transaction. It mm. is, it is a transaction. Sellers want to get the most for their money. Buyers want to get the best deal. But when you have a situation where everybody wants the, the same thing you can create these win-win scenarios and everybody feels good um and you just get the deal done faster and better because everybody's everybody's winning yeah um, and achieving like i said earlier that ultimate goal it's not about the house it's about you know how did that experience go and then and then what's the outcome and people have to have fun with the process too right like you know, I always tell people, you know, I don't have any children, but people that do, sometimes they have a quick labor. Sometimes they have a 16, 24, whatever. And at the end of the day, they always say, you know what? I love my child. And it doesn't matter what the labor was, right? I love the outcome. So a really challenging process can have a great outcome. But if they were asked to do it again, <laughs> choice, right. we go with the epidural or the shorter or whatever. <laughs> Um, and so I always try to say, let me be that for you. Like, let's make this a simple, smooth, quick, painless process. The outcome will be the same, but you know, let's, you know, it might be more enjoyable to, uh, to have a good experience too. Correct. And you learn, that's what you're saying. You learn from the process. So, you know, learn from it, but, <laughs> um, that's, I'm so glad you shared that. That is such a heartwarming story. And that is a humane story. You know, it's something that's just like, okay, we're all human. We're all, we all go through and face challenges in life, let alone in trying to sell or buy a house. And uh, what's more beautiful than that? Just two people getting along or two sides getting along for, like you said, the same goal. That's lovely. That really is. It makes the job rewarding, right? It makes it feel good. Um, and working with people and, and other agents together. I love working with other agents, honestly, because we just, you know, you work together and it gets right. the job done. Nice. That beautiful. Thank you. I'm so glad you shared that. See? <laughs> okay, good. So I'm not a, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody thinks that, Kelly. Thank you. So we're going to keep the fun going here. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know who's been watching these videos, uh, I am a TV producer. So on 
you know, my outside of real estate life. And for a long time, I've been over 10 years a television producer. In the recent uh, last five years or so, I've actually been producing game shows. So I love to laugh. I love competition and I love a good game. And nobody is better than Kelly to come up with games and play games. And you actually brought this to my attention. I didn't ask you. You were like, let's play a game <laughs> on this show. And I said, you're literally talking to the right person. That's such a good idea. And I love how you integrate a, a lot of that into your business as well. It's so fun. It keeps it so light. It keeps it young and fresh. And so we're going to play a game, y'all. We're going to play our version, our real estate version of Heads Up, if you've ever heard of that with the phones. But we're going to play it a little ghetto here. So. <laughs> You know, we're not, we're not going crazy with the technology. Um, sure, we're gonna use a buzzer, right? We're gonna we're gonna Absolutely. count down. We're just gonna go through a bunch of terms. Our boyfriends wrote down the terms, so we don't know what they are. And we're gonna hold them up in front of our eyes so we can't see. And then one of us is gonna go first. We'll go through all of our terms. The other person's gonna try and uh, pitch you. A, a descriptive, you know, answer as to what this word is, and you're gonna try and guess it, and then we're gonna flip it around, and you're gonna do it to me. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. I also wonder ben, what Ben's gonna think when he's referred to as my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but that's for another. That's for I another session. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> I'm just playing with you. So, <laughs> uh, well, you can tell Ben to call me. It's fine. Um, <laughs> No. But yes, I'm totally ready for you. So I just cracked these open. Um, mm -hmm. I got them from 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 Ben, yeah. and I'm ready to I'm ready to uh, to get you. Okay, great. So you're, <laughs> yeah, you're. I can't wait. So this is gonna be funny because you are such a descriptive person and so uh, professional with your terms and terminology that I have a feeling you're gonna really use those to describe it. And, and I'm someone who, because they come from games, I just get there. Like I'm gonna, <laughs> this is gonna be fun. This yeah, like sound here. like or yep, whatever. Yeah, you know? exactly. Whatever it Finding takes, words. it's all about the goal. So exactly. whatever. Right. And the okay. only thing is, you can't say obviously the word, otherwise you're buzzed and you gotta throw it away. Okay. okay. And we're gonna just use the honor system here. So yep. okay, when you're ready, you can. So am I going lift. first? Going first? What do you want? I'll go first. I'll, I'll be the person. Okay. I'll pull up yeah, the cards yeah. first. You can turn. Yeah. Okay. Ready? All right. Set. Go. Okay. Not a condo, but a. A no. house. No, nope, not a house. It's it's like a condo, and when you, it's actually part of shares of the business, not. Oh, come on. Not, come oh, on. yeah. There you go. Next. Um, I almost said this. I almost just read it to you. So this is when, as someone. Uh, you're trying to rope in the closing costs into your mortgage. Oh, uh, seller's concession. Yes. Good guess, because I was going nowhere else with that. Um, <laughs> this is when you're ready to sign on the dotted line, but it's a certain amount of time or maybe around that. Oh, um, the honor about date? Yeah, very good. <laughs> I was like, wait, did I stutter and say, did I say, I stuttered because I was like, did I say any of the words? Um, okay, like I just said, dotted you gotta line. take that time off the clock. You just spoke for a lot of my time. <laughs> this is again when you're Barbie. You always talk too much. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> when you're signing on the dotted line, but both parties have signed. Oh, and executed contract. Yes, very good. Um, okay, so this is when I'm looking into a house and I need um, you actually get insurance for this. I want to make sure that the person who says they own this house own this house. Oh, a title, title report. Yes, yes, very good. 
Um, okay, and then I'm gonna put 20% of the mortgage to hold initially so that the- uh, you're, You put it in your, as your down payment. Yep, exactly. And uh, this is the person where if I'm gonna buy a house, oh, but I wanna make sure that everything's up on the up and up and I wanna see what's wrong with the house. So this person goes in and they do in blank. Inspection, inspection. And, uh, oh, this is how much uh, I'm getting the house. The bank is going to come and they're going to say how much it's worth. Uh, the appraiser. Yes. Yes. Yeah, right. Whatever they do. Yay. We did it. <laughs> You're a good clue giver. I feel like you're on that thousand pyramid, you know? I mean, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, let's hope I am. <laughs> I should be right now. I uh, love how we're doing so many air quotes why today. Why do that? I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so fun. Um, All right, I'm ready. I'm ready for you. This, uh, I might have to incorporate this into every show, but at the same time, like, I don't know if everyone could handle it like you can. So <laughs> I'm like, well, I want to make sure I'm can. holding these right, but I don't want to look at the words. Okay. If they're obviously not right, just tell me to turn them upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm, ner I'm, more, I'm more nervous about this. <laughs> you just have to hold and flip. Your words were more um, descriptive, like more intricate words than what I have, I believe. So, we'll, okay. we'll see. so I might be okay. doing a little bit of like sounds like or whatever. That's but fine. Good. Totally good. Yeah. Ready? Cool. Set. Yeah. Okay. When somebody uh, unfortunately loses their house and they uh, the bank buys it back and then they put it back on the market. Foreclosure. Yep. Okay. Oh, so uh, I can put it down like I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, she's very <laughs> confident. Uh, Okay, uh, somebody who you have a fiduciary relationship with, either a buyer or a seller. Oh, a client. Yep. Okay, when you hold money in blank, the attorneys hold it for you, typically. Ooh, escrow, escrow, because yep. I hate yep. work. Yep. I don't know why, I just don't like it. <laughs> okay, when you, start the, when you start the house at a certain dollar amount, and then after a certain amount of time, you realize it might be in the wrong range, and then you change that dollar amount. What is that process called? A lower yeah, the house price. Yep, or it's a different status in in MLS. Oh, it's, price it's, change, price change. Yep, yep. Oh, perfect. that might be a buzz. You said change, so I'm not. Oh, sure. okay. We'll have to go to the judges on that one. I'm not sure, but you're probably right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so if you don't buy, but you're going to rent, you have a blank. If you don't buy, if you're, but you're going if you're if you're a tenant and a landlord, and you kind of have an agreement, what is that agreement called? Oh, lease. Yep. Contract. Uh, Okay, uh, you actually had this one for me, another word for an engineer, a home engineer comes and does this. Inspector, you... inspection. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, another word for house. <laughs> Property? Rhymes with poem. Poem! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so stressful. <laughs> that was so fun. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. <laughs> we hope everyone at home watching enjoys this or listening because that's really good and even you know we do do this as a podcast so anybody who's listening hopefully they could have guessed on their own at home to see if they maybe thought it was that could be fun home version so yeah. that's, that's always <laughs> we're gonna coin this people don't steal the idea it's r.i.p you heard it here first you heard it here <laughs> 
Um, oh my gosh, this has been so great. Kelly, I am going to wrap up with you by asking you, what are three pieces of advice uh, that you would have for a customer or a client to, when it comes to choosing a realtor? Things to consider. Yes, great question. So, so look, I think it's a very personal decision, just like your personal decision when you choose anybody else in your life, you know, whether you have a you know, private financial advisor or nutritionist or, you know, any choice that you make, it's a very personal one. So, you know, this is just sort of some, some things to think about or a framework um, to think about. So I'd say the, the biggest buzz, buzz for me that I get is when somebody says, I can sell a house anywhere or wherever you want to go, no problem. Now, yeah, Sotheby's, I have an international referral network, so I can match you with somebody anywhere in the globe, and I'll be really re responsible to make sure that they treat you well. Um, but I would never pretend that I know the market in, in, in another part that I don't focus on. And so if I, if I had a client, I would learn the market. I would do all my due diligence to, to help them if, that's, if they wanted me to help them. Mm -hmm. uh, but if, if you sort of put your eggs in all those baskets and say, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I know every market it's almost impossible to become an expert in any one area. So in this business, the only way that you can really scale is if you use the same information over and over and over again. Uh, and so, you know, there's about 40 buildings in Long Beach, right? It's a very sort of building heavy town. I either sold or lived or been in or transacted in the building. So if you ask me, you know, which ones are 10% down, dog friendly and have deeded parking, I'll tell you, these five buildings, this is one of the buildings you need to live in, you know? And so it just helps to sort of help people. So just be careful if somebody tries to impress you by saying, oh, wherever you want to go. Um, what I would say is, look, I can help you in many places. I have a lot of partners that can help you better. Here's where I add specific value. Here's my differentiator. And I think people will respect that more. Right. So think about that when you're making a selection. Just to chime in on that, um, that's like saying we are licensed real estate people in the state of New York, but that doesn't mean that I have any clue what Buffalo real estate looks like, right? right? Because you're not up there every day, but that is where then you would do your due diligence and your best to try and find someone who may be able to help them up there, or even if it's you, but you would need the time and space to look into it. So exactly. yeah, that's funny. Exactly. So yeah, if they don't, if they're willing to do it and just know that they're the kind of person that you know is going to do that and it's going to be worth your while and their while to right. do that. So that would right. be number one is just try to find what's important to you and, 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 and match a person that has those skills. Um, the second one, I said this earlier, but I can't say it enough. When you're buying or, or selling, think about it at least a year or two before you really think you're going to do it. Because as a seller, right? Um, you want to sell at the right time. You want to understand it's, you know, it's not just about your house, but it's about your house relative to other houses. So if you're ready to sell your property and you've done all the upgrades you want, whether it's a paint job or new floors or whatever, and you notice that, you know, you're working with a real estate advisor and they say to you, Hey, you know, in this point in time, in this market, there are no properties on the market in your price range. Did you know that? So if you actually put your home out there you're going to create, you're going to fill a gap. You'll be the only property in this price point in this market. So take advantage of that, right? So, so it's not just about your house. It's about your house relative to the market. So being ready and being able to pull that trigger whenever gives you a huge leg up. It's all about timing. Same thing for a seller. You don't want to go and get a pre-approval and find out that your credit's low and you need six months to work on it, but the house you love just got sold to somebody else. Right. So two, I would say two years to mentally prepare and take sort of steps at your leisure so that you can pull the trigger 
at the right time. So that's my second piece of advice. Um, and then the third one is the most hard, difficult to do. Listen to the market, not your family, not your friends, not everybody else, because trust me, everybody knows something about the market and everybody has so a lot of people that you know have bought or sold or this or that. I'm not saying they're wrong, but what I'm saying is their data is probably dated. Mm -hmm. And so check the facts, figure it out. I, I live in a co-op and having lived in a co-op for 12 years in Long Beach um, and just did a gut renovation, you know, people always told me, don't buy a co-op, you can't right? do anything, you can't do this, you can't do that, you have to want to appreciate. Well, guess what? I've been here 12 years. I survived Sandy. I survived the financial crisis. I just did a full gut. I'm super happy. My value is there. Um, and I have a great relationship with everybody, you know, the, the managers of the building. So again, it, it's, it's, there's never an absolute right or wrong, but, but everybody told me not to get a co-op like everybody, you mm -hmm. know, and there are drawbacks. Don't get me wrong, but, but, but just be careful, check who you take advice from and figure out what their framework is. What's important to them. You know, are they more conservative than me in terms of finances? Are they more aggressive than me? Um, you know, do they have the same plan as I do? So, um, so just check that and then really learn the market. And I'm not saying you have to know it by heart, but ask the right questions. So right. ask things like, what are the average price points here? What's sold here in the last 12 months? You know, what's the range, you know, um, what drives price the most? So it's always about asking the right questions. And honestly, if you don't have the right questions to ask, if you're working with the right person, they're going to, they're going to tease out what you need to know and deliver it to you in a very easy digestible way. And at the end of the day, look, you want to have fun, right? This is a stressful process, but it can be so much less stressful if you actually have fun along the way and enjoy it. So I encourage you to think of working with somebody who you think, you know, you can really get along with. You're spending a lot of time together, right? And you're spending your weekends together. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, you might as well, um, you might as well enjoy it when you're doing it. Yeah. So incredibly helpful. I really like that you're able to not only say that because the information is relative and a lot of people also just have their opinions. You know, like you said, a lot of people's opinions come from the fact of the co-ops not being encouraged, but you are someone who has had one. You have proof that you've had one for a long time and you've done all of the things that people talk about you can't do with them. So there's proof in the pudding right there. So everyone who's listening, you know, like she said, look at who you're talking to and where they come from with their information. Kelly, you have been such a light and joy to interview today. Thank you I'm so good. much for being on the Realist Real Estate Show because you are one of the realest lady, let me tell you. <laughs> well, thank you for asking me. I watched your segments before with your mom and I was like, this girl's got it going on. Um, you <laughs> could tell you're a professional producer because it's just, you know, just super polished, but also and regular. That's no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, um, no, so yeah, thanks. I mean, I think, uh, I think this is a, a great format and I'm just glad to be on here with you. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. I can't wait until quarantine's over so we can get a cup of coffee together. Uh, no, <laughs> great. Well, keep doing awesome work and I will definitely keep in touch with you soon. Okay. How much fun was that? <laughs> I'm so grateful to Kelly for playing this game with me. It's the little things guys. It is the little things, especially right now. Thanks for watching. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. And please share with anyone you think this might bring a little joy to their day. If you're listening on podcasts where all podcasts are found, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast as well. And like I said, all of the information as always is under the video. And please stay tuned for next week's episode of The Realist Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Andrea Fasano. Until next week, take care.